Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. It is precisely 9.30 in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> 20. I'm just checking. <laughs> At 11.30 in the morning. Just checking. 9.30 in the morning on the 26th of June. And our topic today is scatter shooting. Lord, I ask that you would give Danny your anointing. Help him to say the right words. Don't let him say the wrong words. Help us to become closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Danny Miller, is your microphone on? Yes, it is. Okay. Thank you, Pastor. Well, good morning, everyone. Whether you're here in person or through the magic of live streaming, I'm still amazed at that. We thank you for taking the time to be a part of our service this morning and let you know that it is very much appreciated. Well, today's going to be a little different. Uh, normally, I've, in the past, I've pretty well stayed on one topic, but not today. And that's why it's called scatter shooting. We're going to be looking, actually, at a variety of topics today. Now, I'm reaching in my pocket. Yes, there it is. The first point I want to make, these are 3 by 5 index cards. And on one side is, the is a verse, and you flip it over. I know you can't see it, but you see writing. The first point I want to make in using these cards is I have felt for a long, long time that the persecution that we have seen in other countries in the world, um, the persecution in the communist or socialist regimes, Arabic countries where the Muslim religion is predominant, that's coming here. Now, I can't tell you when. And I think I'll even go so far and be bold to say our Bibles at some point, they're going to try to take them away. I really believe that. Um, and that's why memorization is so important. What's going to happen if the Bibles are taken away? You try to read a Bible in like Russia, guess what? You're probably going to go to jail. So even if they take the Bibles away, if you take and do a program of memorization it's not going to totally get you know soften the blow but it will soften it some because you know they can take the physical away they can take these roses away they can take that water away but it's a lot harder to take away the mind and if you have that in your mind then you've got it regardless of whether you have a physical bible or not so memorization and that's what these verses are these are verses I literally, like when I work, at 1.30 in the morning, I pull these out, and on my 15-minute break, I go over them. That's what I do. And it's starting to, I'm starting to see effects. So, let us move on to the first one. And, of course, it, it wants to not work for me. There, well, that's nice. I hadn't really planned on that slide. <laughs> As they're working in the back to get it. There we go. That's it. Amos 5, 8. Um, now, when you're in your prayer closet, do you ever find yourself in a rut? I use the word ACTS as an acronym to help 
because I need structure in my prayer closet. When I'm praying, it's, I tend to ramble. No one would ever know that, of course. But I sometimes tend to ramble, and having the axe helps me to stay in focus. And sometimes I just feel like I, I want to praise and worship God, but it seems like I've said the same things over and over again, and it just kind of don't seem to have the same impact. Um, and so I look to the Bible for verses that can help me glorify God in my praise and worship. This is one of them. Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion, that turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and maketh the day dark with night, that calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. And then many times I'll take verses like this, that verses that help extol the glory and the power and the might of God to help in my prayer closet and help remind me that, you know, there's, there's someone up there. He made all this stuff. And these verses like this help me to remember that. All right, so this is one verse that I call the praise and worship verse. <coughs> Philippians 4, 6, 7. I have a tough time with some of these verses I have a tough time with because I'm basically a worry wart. And it's not easy to do this particular verse when you got, I looked at the day before I came to church, I'm looking at probably a $300 electric bill. That's half my paycheck. So, you know, things like that. But then I read this verse and I say, you know what? I need to follow what this verse says. Okay? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, and note this next two words, with thanksgiving. See, you don't want, you don't want to go to God and say, okay, God, I want to thank you. I appreciate that I have this bill, and but I know you're going to get the money. But, you know, I mean, you don't want that attitude. It says, with thanksgiving. Again, I know it's hard to do, but that's what it says. And if we truly are going to be followers of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, if that's in the Bible, then guess what? We're going to have to do it whether we like it or not. And God wants to see what was on our mind is it says let your request be known unto God and the peace of God which patheth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus one of the th points that you'll see in this uh, in this presentation consistently the focal point is right here okay there's some other verses that also talk, say, use the phrase Christ Jesus. But in all these verses, this is the focal point. God the Father came to us as, as Jesus, God the Son, and it's through him that these things be, are accomplished. Now, I've included, I, I've, I've said this before, I love the, the Dakes Bible, a lot of reasons because of the notes. So you're going to see some notes. Uh, and note V is in the word careful. That second word there, be careful. 
And no, I'm not going to try to speak that. That's either Greek or Hebrew. I butcher the English language enough as it is. I'm sure not going to try the, the Hebrew or Greek. But it says the meaning is be anxious about nothing. Uh, be careful, which is in verse 6, also Luke 10, 41. Have care. There's about seven verses listed there. Do not tolerate anxiety or worry, for it will injure your own souls. God alone can help you. And he will do it if you will pray, that word prayer, about everything that happens and give thanks for everything. I didn't give thanks when that tire blew out on me two weeks ago on the highway, but, you know, even in such things like that, we need to give thanks. Second Timothy 4, 7, 8. Now, this verse is a verse that was written uh, by Paul to Timothy, and you can tell this is toward the end of Paul's life, and he's kind of in a reflective mood. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I hope I can say that. Some of the verses that we'll look at are things that we want to try and do and attain, and this is one of them. Hence, and trust me, where it says, I have kept the faith, you're going to get your opportunity to prove it. Trust me. The day is coming. Can't tell you when, but I, I look on the news and it's like, yeah, this is coming real fast. Henceforth, there is laid up for me. Now, Prophet, or Prophet Leslie wrote a book, which sadly I don't remember the name at the moment, but it talked a book about crowns and the different crowns. that Crown, crown of glory. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, where he, she talks about the different crowns, and this is one of them, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. Now that day really is when Jesus returns triumphant to usher in the thousand-year millennium period. But this is one of it helps when as human beings we have goals, we have objectives that help us that we want to try to obtain. Well, here's one right here. The crown of righteousness. Don't you want to be righteous? I want to be righteous. I think you do too. Note X, which is, well, I meant to put the word up there, but the note says this is actually a, one of the New Testament prophecies in 2 Timothy. It is unfulfilled, and the next prophetic verse actually is in 18. This is the prize for the efforts of verses 6 and 7. The crown is laid up for all who prove true, but possessed of none until the time of reward. It is in view, not in possession. Okay, there are some rewards we're going to get. We're not going to get it on this earth. We're going to get it when Jesus returns. Okay, and for some people that's hard. Why? Because we're in the we-want-it-now generation. The instant gratification is ridiculous. You know, I mean, we, there are times when we're going to have to, I hate to say it, you may not like it, we got to wait for stuff, whether we like it or not. And we need to be ready to say, if something doesn't come, 
Lord, I put it in your hands. I trust you. Help me to be patient for when it does come. Hebrews. This is a little bit of a scary verse. Verse 4.12 For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the divining asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And this is the scary part. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, I can hide a lot of things from people. You can hide a lot of things from people. But he knows. He knows. Because they can read the thoughts and intents. And how many times have you read in your Bible and it kind of is like you feel a little prick? Because, you, you know, like, oh, that kind of hurt. I, maybe that applies to me a little bit. Well, I can tell you I've felt a lot of those pricks. And it seems like lately. Because times of trouble are coming. All you have to do is look at the news. And I've gotten in some arguments with my friends, but you know who's going to survive it? It's going to be... <laughs> Quit making me laugh. It's going to be those who are trusting in God and his son, Jesus Christ. That's who's going to make it. All right? But we need to make sure that our thoughts and intents are proper, that they fall within the line, within the will of God and the commandments, laws, and statutes. And later on, we'll see a verse that talks about that. But we got to be, in order for us to survive, we got to make sure our thoughts and intents of the heart are pure and holy. Uh, Acts 4, 11, 12. This is the stone which is set at none of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now this is not Jesus. This is one of the apostles who are writing. I had a con an interesting conversation this last weekend. I visited a friend, hadn't seen him in 25 years. And we talked about a lot of things. You know, we had a lot to catch up. And my friend brought up, uh, I don't remember the exact verse or where it is, but I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And you know, they had a problem with that. Now, I didn't do this because, you know, I'm a nice guy. But I wanted to say, then why are you a Christian? I didn't say that. I wanted to. I hate, you know, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not sorry. But the reality is, verse 12 is accurate. There is no other name. Amen. And, you know, like, yeah, there may be some things in other religions like the the Muslim religion. One thing I think they we could learn as Christians for them is the devotion to prayer. Americans don't pray enough. They don't get down on their hand <coughs> excuse me, hands and knees and spend time in prayer. 
that's something I got to work on. I admit that. Uh, you know, that's something I got to do more of. But nevertheless, even though there may be some other things from other religions that might be good, we can't lose sight of the, of the verse 12. There is no other name. And we have to be willing to accept that. And if you can't accept that, then you've got a big problem. I want to see your face when he comes, because just out of glee, I guess. I don't know. Uh, name. There's actually a lot of places in the Bible where the name is there. Matthew 1, 21, Acts 2, 36, and then ver- uh, chapter 3, 6, and 16. John 14, 12 through 15, and then 16, 16. Uh, then 16:23 through 26, and then Mark 16:17. These are just a few examples. So the name of Jesus, obviously, the name itself is important. So we need to know that. Excuse me for just a second. As I have gotten older, for some reason, I start sounding more like a horse. I don't know why. Nope, that was not going to be a good idea. I almost gave y'all comic relief. I thought there was a little plate or you know top there, and I almost let go of it. <laughs> Always unexpected things, so you got to be prepared. This is one of my favorite verses. There's two verses in in Isaiah. Sometimes you know life isn't always easy, and sometimes we get discouraged, don't we? This is an encouragement verse. Isaiah 40, 31, that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. That's such a beautiful verse. But how did this happen? How did the last half of that verse occur? They waited upon the Lord goes back to what I said at the beginning. Everything's going through here. All right? Those that put God first, put his son Jesus first, these are some of the benefits that we're going to have. Like I said, it's not always going to be easy, but as long as we wait on the Lord, then this will come. And the other thing I'll point out here, I mentioned just briefly, we got to get rid of this instant gratification attitude. All right? That's doing a lot of damage, both in the church and out of the church. I hate to tell you, but it's, I did this last time. It's not this. If you're expecting this, you might as well just forget it. Because it's not always good. Sometimes it can. not saying it can't. But my experience has been the majority of the time, we got to be patient. And whether it's for one day, one month, one year, or several years, years, not yields, years, we have to still be waiting upon the Lord. That's how we're going to make it. Now, so quick notes. The word wait, which is the fourth word there, again, it's a Hebrew. It means bind together, twisting, to expect, gather together. Look patiently for or wait for or upon. And look how many verses 
there's about 10 there in the parentheses where that meaning is, is given. To wait patiently or wait for or upon. We've got to be able to do that. Uh, and renew, and which is the next verse, or later in the verse, to slide by or hasten away, pass on, spring up, change after, go forward. Uh, I like this one too. Grow up. We got a bunch of people that need to grow up. Renew, sprout, or strike through. Matthew twenty-one, twenty-two. Yes, ma'am. So I just saw something I hadn't noticed before because of your note there. Um, can you go back to one, one more before that? So that but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now go to the next slide. Backwards? No, go forward. Keep going forward. Where was it that you just had the, the note? About, wait, there. Okay. Yeah. So about wait, um, I mean, we've heard this word. We, we, it says to wait. But the thing that's come upon me to make a point of, and actually it's going to end up kind of going together with my message today. You didn't have any idea. But no. um, it says to bind together or to expect together or gather together. So really this waiting is sometimes we always think it's just our alone. It's an alone time. But here his wait is really we need to gather together. We need to expect mm-hmm. together. We need to bind together, and we can help each other patiently to wait upon him. And we don't have to be alone. Right, right. We can be with other believers, and that's another reason why it's so important, I believe, to not just watch online. While that's great and happy for people to do that because if they can't make it here, but when you come to fellowship together, there's something more that the Lord does. And I believe that... It helps us to gather together to wait upon the Lord when we need to have strength from each other, right? Right. Because this is it'll renew right. your strength. Well, the way that we renew our strength, meantime, it's not just us yeah. alone. It has to be with somebody else. Um, do you concur? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you something that will ride on what you just said. One of the things I said to my friend, because they have a church, but they're not real consistent. Now, I've been around a long time. If you'd seen the gray I shaved or beard I shaved off this morning, you would understand that for sure. But it has been my experience that those who go to church on a consistent and regular basis, those are the people who grow faster, whose faith is stronger and deeper. That has consistently been true. Um, Sometimes it's you don't want to because maybe you had to work the night before. I don't know. But if that's been my experience. So it's important to go to a church. It is important that you gather together with other people because those other people sometimes provide the strength and the encouragement that you yourself just can't bring in. You just run dry. Those other people help fill you up. Okay. All right. Now, this one I think I call a trap verse. Now, what do I mean? 
Remember I just said about how we're impatient, how we're want, we've become a society of instant gratification. This is tough sometimes for new people because when they're first in the faith, they're new, they're young. And so it's real easy for them to maybe misinterpret or get discouraged because they don't understand. They're still too new. And so they go and ask something and they don't get it. And well, why should I do this? I asked. It says I asked, but I didn't get it. And they walk away. So that's one reason I call it a trap verse, because for new people, they haven't experienced enough in the Christian life that they understand that, yes, this will happen. Which brings me to the other point that I've consistently, I think in every message I've given, the instant gratification. It's not going to come the next necessarily the next minute or the next month or even a year. The other point here, I did a uh, talk about four or five months ago, I think around November, about belief. I titled it According To. You're going to see this consistently in the verses. The uh, power and the importance of belief. All right? And I also did a, one a while back called the if-then principle. If you do something, then there, there's going to be a result. This is, I think, one of those. If by believing, you shall receive, right? You need to have that belief, even in the face of maybe insurmountable odds. Amen. You know, it, you still have to have that belief. Notice, I didn't notice this. This was, I thought was interesting. Note W, the word ask. Used 109 times in Scripture. 45 times in prayer to God for needed things. So what should we ask for? Well, he has a list here. Help of God, 2 Chronicles 24, things to come, old past, spiritual reign, needs and wants, good things. Oh, It says anything whatsoever, the Holy Spirit, what you will, and I don't take that as what Danny wills or what, you know, John wills is what he wills, okay? Uh, wisdom, I ask for that every day. Every day. I think I'm a little thick-headed sometimes. He has to kind of knock me in the head. And life itself. Now, uh, I'll go ahead and do it here. The Later, if we, we'll probably get to it today, but there are reasons why prayer isn't answered, okay? And it, hopefully we'll get to it today. But sometimes it's because maybe we have to understand that God is a God of law and order of statutes and commandments. Now, I'll take an extreme example. If, let's say, someone does something to you, and I said this is extreme, and you say, well, you know what, Lord, this man stole, stole my wife, or, or this man stabbed me in the back. I had this job, and, and Nanny stabbed me in the back, and he got it, and I didn't. So let them have nothing but 
money problems and car problems. Well, that's probably not going to be answered because we're violating commandments of God. You can't expect to make requests of God and expect them to, to occur and happen if they go against the character in God. How do we know what the character of God is? Through the statutes, laws, and commandments. And if you're praying something that runs counter to that, then guess what? You're probably not going to get it. God is a God of order. He's not going to sacrifice one attribute just to satisfy you. He's not going to maybe be lenient on one if it winds up violating his other attributes. So maybe you're asking something that runs counter to his statutes, laws, and commandments. Again, now this is, I love the book of Psalms. I literally sometimes get my phone, go to YouTube, and I play Psalms throughout the night by Alexander Scorsese. I think that's his last name. Uh, the book of Psalms to me is one of the greatest books of encouragement that you can ha go to. And there's a lot of verses of Psalms in here. And that's where I go for encouragement and also for praise and worship. You run out of things to say, go to the book of Psalms. Read it over. There's so many verses that you can use for praise and worship of God. I mean, you probably can't remember them all. It's a great book. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. Isn't that what we need? In these troubled times, we need to be led and have God guide us. And this verse helps us to remember, Oh, how great is thy goodness, for which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which has wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. And this, this came to me last week when I was reading over it. First off, fear. You know what? I actually fear God. Uh, not healthy respect, fear. There is a fear of God that for some reason I never have had that just because of who he is, of how great and powerful he is. Okay? And where it says, trust in thee before the sons of man, the thought came to me last week when I was reading this, is that maybe, I'm not saying for sure it is, but could it, I, I submit this for your poss possible thinking. Could that be telling about the times where we might have to go before men to give accounting of our faith? When this persecution, Pastor Stans talked about in some of his messages, when that persecution comes to this country, would it be surprising if we're brought before a court or some sort of judicial authority, and we have to give an account of ourselves before them. I think maybe in a way, that's, that last section's talking about that. Again, it's just a thought that came into the last week, so I present it uh, for, your, for you to think about. Maybe, maybe it's true, maybe not, but I wanted to present it. Ah, look at that word in red. There's that belief factor again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, 
because I go to the Father. We have the power. You know, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has given us the ability to perform miracles. And again, they may not occur right then. Maybe there's some sort of time delay. But that doesn't obscure the point that that ability is there. It says it right there. Okay, I mean, we're looking at it right now. You know, I've often wondered, okay, what did, when the disciples of John, and I think Matthew and Luke both have this, went to Jesus and say, who do we say that you are? Did Jesus say, I'm the Messiah? No, he didn't. He didn't say it. What he said was, tell John what you have seen. The blind see, the lame walk, and, and, he, and healings. Why did he say that? Why didn't he just go and say, I'm the Messiah? Because he wanted to try to get through to the religious order of the time, Pharisees and Sadducees. Well, if you look in the Old Testament, those are the things that are the marks of the Messiah. The Old Testament said these are the things that if the person is truly in the Messiah, that's what he's going to do. And that's what they, he, Jesus told the disciples of John. Look what I've done. I've done the very things that the Old Testament said mark who the Messiah is. We have the power to change things. We have the power to cause things to change. And we have it, not because of anything of us. Yes, we have abilities. Yes, we have characteristics that might aid in whatever it is to occur, to occur. But it's through here. Okay? It's not through us. It's through here. And I've often wondered what the greater works are. Have y'all? I, I don't know what they are. But, man, I look forward to it. I think that's going to be such a great time. Um, another note, translated works and works, 152 times and deeds 22 times. It is clear he refers to miracles, signs, wonders, and might, acts of power. His works consisted of healing all manner of sickness and disease, casting out devils, raised the dead, cleansing leopards, and doing innumerable acts of deliverance from all works. He controlled the elements, multiplied food, walked on water, restored the severed ear, turned water into wine, accomplishing anything he undertook to do in the material and spiritual realms. Note the way that last part, material and spiritual realms. We have power to affect things in the material world, but there's, remember, it's also a spiritual battle. We can't worry about the material and, and then not do something with the spiritual because they both are in operation. They both are in effect right now. So we need to work on both of those levels, material and spiritual. The promise here is that each believer can be endued with power and receive the Spirit without measure. So he can do all the works of Christ and greater works than what he did to make this a promise of pain, promise of spiritual works only, 
when he did material and spiritual works is a poor excuse for unbelief. To make it refer to saving souls is to ignore facts because he did this also. To limit the works of the apostles will rob other believers of the benefits of the promise. Anyone that says that died in, back in the Old Testament days, don't listen to them again. They're idiots. I mean, the, that verse is pretty clear. There's no time stamp on that verse. You see a time stamp there? Because I don't. So that's true today, tomorrow, until Jesus comes. Okay. Yeah. When thou art in tribulation, all these things come upon thee, even in the latter days. And they turn to the Lord thy God and shall be obedient. Um, oh, good. Leslie's looking at her phone. She didn't hear that word. <laughs> For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, destroy thee, or forget the covenant of thy fathers which he swore unto thee. Again, how does it happen? Obedient. Are you obedient? If not, you better start being obedient. Because the time's going to come where we're going to need him not to forsake the, us or destroy us. We have to be obedient. Ah, well, guess what? They're idiots too. Uh, <laughs> five times found in scripture he will not forsake you is repeated in connection with five other major subjects it's associated with keeping covenant with man conquest over enemies responsibilities of life work of God's house and the Christian life uh, I got time for maybe two more so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing a little skipping my eyes are unto thee O God the Lord in thee is my trust Leave not my soul destitute. Where do we look? Unto thee, O God the Lord. In him is our trust. That's where it has to be. That's where it has to be. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm looking at the clock. There's a reflection, so it's hard to gauge that thing. Okay. Um, um, man, there's a lot of good verses. Because I have a particular verse that's the halfway point. I'll probably come back to those. All right, yeah, we'll go with this word. Therefore, uh, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Again, what went first? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you do that, the then is, then all these things shall be added to you. Now, what, what does he mean by these things, though? That verse doesn't say. Ah, but there's an answer. It's in the verse, two verses before. Matthew 31, 32. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? Isn't that really the basics of life right there, for the most part? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows it. But you, sometimes we got to be patient. Sometimes we have to say, you know, Lord, I don't know. And it doesn't hurt to say, God, I don't know and understand. It doesn't hurt to say that because it's the truth. Amen. There are things I still don't understand 20 years later. But you know what? I, 
that's the way it is, and I'm just going to trust in God, and hopefully one day I'll find out why. You wondered why I was talking about earlier about unanswered prayer? Titus 2, 12, 13, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, are we, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you doing verse 12? Are you doing verse 12? If you're not, then there's maybe a possible answer why your prayers aren't getting answered. You're going to have to live a Christian life. You're going to have to, at some point, you're going to have to say, Lord, I repent, I'm sorry, I've done wrong. Help me to live that sober, righteous, and godly life. If you're not fulfilling what he does, if you did not perform his commandments, statutes, and laws, then maybe, just maybe, that may be why you're not getting an answer to your prayer. He's going to honor those who follow in his footsteps. Yes, he'll reach out to the sinners, obviously. And he'll bring them and help them. But again, I'm just saying possibly the reason why our prayer is not being answered is because we're not following verse 12. Uh, One last verse. I know where it is. There we go. Another reason why it might be unanswered prayer. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Doesn't say God's will there, does it? It says upon your lust. And if those lusts are run counter counter to his statutes, laws, and commandments, then that's a possible reason why your prayers aren't getting answered. Notes, 12 reasons for unanswered prayer, lust, murders, covetousness. Now these are are mentioned in pre in the verses previously. Fighting and war, asking to miss, adulteries, friendship of the world. Ah, here's one that I think we got a lot of people guilty of. Pride. Listen to the news and some of these politicians. I think they got a little too much pride in them. Rebellion against God, backsliding to sin, double mindedness or doubt, or misuse of the tongue. Are you doing these things? If you are, maybe that's why your prayers aren't getting answered. All right, well, we're halfway through. Uh, so we're going to be taking a about a 10-minute, 15-minute recess because I'm actually ending on time. Um, so just stay tuned. We thank you for spending time with us so far this morning, and I hope you'll stay and uh, follow the rest of the service. All right, it's time for praise and worship. Let's go ahead and stand up. Hallelujah. Father, I just want to thank you so much for this time where we can boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy with our love and compassion and and gratefulness for you. May May this time be a sweet, sweet fragrance upon you sitting upon your throne. We love you. We thank you. Jesus, precious, holy, and powerful name. Here we go. Come on, let's clap.
firm foundation, our rock, the only solid ground, as nations rise and fall. Kingdoms once strong, now shaken, but we trust forever in your name, the name of Jesus. We trust the name of Jesus. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift higher. You are the only King forever forevermore you are victorious hallelujah lord we thank you father hallelujah unmatched in all your wisdom in love and justice you will reign and every knee will bow we bring our expectations our hope is anchored in your name the name of jesus oh, oh we trust the name of jesus you are the only king forever almighty god we lift you higher you are the only king forever forevermore you are victorious you are the only king forever almighty god we lift you higher you are the only king forever forevermore you are victorious hallelujah lord oh we praise your holy Praise your holy name, Lord. Hallelujah. 
above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of men. You were here before the world began. Hallelujah. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth, and treasures of the earth. There's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind the stone. You live to die, rejected and alone like a rose. On the ground, you took the fall, and you thought of me above all, above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all Above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known. Above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. Crucified, laid behind the stone, you live to die, rejected and alone. You thought of me above
praise your holy and powerful name. Hallelujah. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.
Just saying that attitude of worship for just a moment. Stay up here, praise and worship team. We're going to sing one more song. I want the anointing just to come in a little bit stronger this morning. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to pull up one of the ones you did yesterday. Okay. I don't know which one. Your wife knows. Okay. <laughs> she hears from God. <laughs> praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you so much, and we just want you to be pleased with our, just our worship before you this morning. We want to be that sweet fragrance unto you. Yes, Father. Because we're praising you and worshiping you and loving you. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amazing grace, how sweet. The sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart. Amazing grace, my chain 
say I'm free. free. Amen. We are free indeed. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. While they're getting ready, I um, wouldn't make this announcement again. Please be here at 930 next Sunday, probably the next two Sundays. I'm going to talk about um, some era of prophets in our land. And they're across the globe, so we want to want you to be aware of some things that, that are going on, things that are being said that are not of God. I want to say something about that. I, I get somewhere between 60 and 80 emails every day. And I'm talking about this is to the Ask Stand, where people that listen are sending information about current events related to Bible prophecy. And I get emails or links sent out to usually YouTube or Rumble or something like that. Hey, what do you think of this? And there's an old saying that says, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. So I really try to follow that. I said I try to follow that. (laughs) But every once in a while, I get one, and they have sent me to one that's so much in error I will email back and I'll say, she gives me the creeps. That's Not a, me. That's, that's, as best, <laughs> that's as best as I can say. And these days, we are living in the times when people are searching for signs and wonders and miracles. And they're finding them in all the wrong places, in my opinion. And one of the things Leslie is called to do a, a true prophet is the police officer of the church. When there's something going wrong in the church, that's what prophets do. Pastors bring encouragement. But the balance to that pastor is supposed to be the prophet. And the prophet is the one that stands up and says, Weeds. I see weeds. <laughs> but when it's done properly, the pa- pastor and the prophet balance each other so that the pastor will say, Pull them up prophet, <laughs> get up there and talk about those weeds. But be gentle. And that's, that's yeah, or what, what's the word? No, it's not gentle. What is the word for her? Delicate. <laughs> delicate. I don't do it delicate. Don't know what delicate and is. And then the pastor I can guess. get up and soothe all of the pulled weeds. And unfortunately, in many of the American churches, they have kicked out the prophets and the apostles because 
they have heaped to themselves or hired themselves teachers or preachers or pastors that are speaking what the board wants them to say, not what the Holy Spirit wants them to say. Well, fortunately, at this church, we have a real prophet that brings that correction. And uh, then we have Lou that comes along and encourages the group. We don't know where Stan fits in yet. So, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Leslie is going to be talking this morning on shout. <laughs> I don't do it yet. <laughs> yeah. Those of you who know me, that's not true. So, Lord. I like to shout. Lord, we ask for your anointing on her. Ask that she help her to say the right words, don't say the wrong words, and give her your anointing, give us your anointing, mm -hmm. open our eyes that we may see, and our ears and our heart that we can know and understand, so that we can all hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. So I don't have any great revelation this morning, but I'm going to remind you of some things according to the word of God so that you can gird up your loins and do the work of the Lord and also do it with a shout and with boldness and with confidence. Now, it says in Psalms 32, 11, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Are you upright in heart? You should say yes to that. You love the Lord Jesus. He's your Savior. He's your God, right? You've accepted him as God. If he, that means you're upright in heart, so therefore you're righteous. Uh, so you're supposed to shout for joy. And so we're going to find out what the scriptures say when they, what it means about shout. Now, I'll maybe get into this another time, but some of the places it says sing, but the meaning is shout. Um, so even like, um, I think it's Isaiah 54, it talks about to sing, you barren women. In other words, you know, I believe that that means like shout, oh, you barren women. I think that we need to make a shout into the heavens and say, I declare I want that child. I'm going to get healed. And for whatever is keeping that blockage, whatever is there, you're commanding it to move out of the way, and you're going to shout it out, right? You're going to sing it out, sing it to the Lord. You know, we have to, many times we have to give our praise and our worship, in other words, our tithing and praise and worship ahead of time. Believing ahead of time, right? And so that's what happens with the shout. There's certain times that we do the shout, just like there's certain times that we would uh, do the, the um, uh, shofar because that's a, that's a warfare uh, calling when you do that shofar. It's not just used anytime, place, anywhere you want to do that. There's purpose and there's meaning for that. So the question is, do you ever feel like you're up against a wall? Just don't know where to go, what to do, how to see clearly? It's kind of dark, right? This guy has his Bible in his hands. He's just leaning up, just meditating, I believe, just saying, I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. But the answer is in through the word. The answer is in there, and he needs to rise up. He needs to stand up and say, I'm bold as a lion. I'm going to shout out to you, Lord. I'm going to get into your word, and I'm going to find that answer. Amen? Find that answer that he has for you. Now, I've said, forget about being like Lot's wife. Remember, she turned back around. The others kept their face towards the mark. They kept their face towards that calling where they were going to, that land that they were headed to. But she turned around and she looked back, right? She turned around. And God says, I don't want you to turn around and go back the other way anymore. You've already taken steps forward. Why go back? Why go back and look at the good old days? You know, they seemed like they were good old days. But God has a way, actually Satan has a way to make you forget about how miserable you were. 
right? Think about how miserable you were. You know, so there's, a, there's fun in sin for a moment, right? For a moment, and then it's not fun anymore. So Satan, he's not going to remind you of the emptiness that you had. He's not going to remind you that your heart was aching. So don't go back the other way. So if you run against that wall, don't look at the good old days, the past. Don't return to that lifestyle. He won't remind you of the pleasures of the sin. He, won't, he will remind you of the pleasures of the sin. He won't remind you of what you felt like at that time. Amen? I like feedback, so it's, also, it's okay to feedback with me. So does God shout? Yeah, he shouts. Did he put the shout inside of us? I know he put the shout inside of moms. Yeah, right? We could shout pretty loud. Right, kids? Moms could get you pretty loud. They could shout and the whole house shakes. Right? I remember when I get on to my children and, they, you know, they'd still get in trouble or whatever. And so if Stan was working out of town or something, I'm like, just get him on the phone. I said, all I need you to do is tell him to straighten up. Tell him to listen to me. And he wouldn't do it with a shout. He could just say, now, children, blah, 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 blah. And they'd go do it. I'm like, Oh, I need to record your voice, and I need to push play anytime I need it. I said that for many years, didn't I? So I just need to push play, listen to Dad right now. But I could get a shout coming out of me, right? But I have to realize that the shout that God wants is not like an anger that comes from you. It's like a declaration he wants from you. There is a difference. In Psalms 47, 5 says, God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Uh, this uh, picture is like of uh, Jericho, right? So we'll talk about, uh, mm, here we go. So Joshua 6, 20, verse 22 through 22. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that what that wall fell down, so that the people went up to the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. See, that's what God wants you to do. But what happened previously? What happened beforehand? Do you think that those seven times around the city of quiet was just quiet? Or do you think there was prayer? Yeah. Do you think they were preparing? Do you think they were following that leader? Yeah. They were getting instruction, I'm sure, daily. God had a purpose. He had a plan. What is the purpose and plan he has for you? What do you need to shout? What do you need to say? What walls need to come down in your life? What blockage is there? Speaking to you. What blockage is there? You can remove it out of the way. Amen? What blockage is there to to shout it out, to get it to move so you can see clearly once and for all? All right? Today's your answer. Today you can get the answer. Today I can get the answer. I can have that wall fall down, and I don't have to be encircled by it, and I don't have to have it be circling around me, and I don't have to be walking around it. I can know the plans, the attacks of the enemy, and I can tell you right now, I'm a shout, and that wall is going to come down. It's going to come down because God's given me a plan. Now, notice that they had, he had others with him, right? Joshua had others with him, the battle of Jericho. And that's why, you know, I appreciated, Danny, your, your talk this morning because that's why I said you have no idea what I'm talking about this morning, did you? Had no idea. But those that wait on the Lord, what? Shall renew their strength. And then we see what the word wait means. 
It means you gather together. I didn't know that. What a revelation. And that's what he's saying. He goes, these people were waiting for that wall to fall down, but they gathered together. And they waited for the moment for the shout. You see, there's power when we are unified, when we walk together, right? When we know that somebody ha- that there's an enemy has a plan on somebody's life, we unify together, we get united, and we're going to tear down that wall for them. We're going to help them. We're going to help them finish that race. And Judges 7.20 says, And the three companies, let's talk about Gideon now, blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all, and they cried. In other words, they shouted out, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Everybody say that with me. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Don't that, doesn't that feel just good to say that? Doesn't it just feel good? I mean, it does. Let's say it now with just some boldness in us, right? Just fill our ears with the lungs, our lungs with the air. Just shout it out. Here we go. The sword of the Lord of Gideon. <coughs> we have arrived, right? Now, God, <coughs> he dwindled down to only 300. 300 men. You know the story, right? And so when they had the pictures, in other words, the lamps, they, the enemy was so confused because they thought that's how many generals are up there. That means generals are up there. And that means they have a whole bunch of people following that general. You're a general. You're a general. You have many, many others. You have many, many angels with you. Amen. Amen. You have them following with you. You're not alone. Amen. And when we can unite together, we're not alone. Thank you. We are not alone with the Lord because he's there, but also his angels are placed around about us. They know what we're doing. We've called upon them to do what we've asked them to do, to go with us. And then at the right moment, we give that shout. Hallelujah. I mean, how many of you, again... How many of you have walls that have to come down? We all do. There's some kind of wall that has to come down. It's time for it to happen. Now, there's power with our shout. Everybody say, there's power in my shout. Can we win the battle just by the shout? Sure can. Sure can. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can take place. Um, you know, for like, for example... You have a new puppy in your home, and they're about to pee on the floor. What do you do? No! Right? Don't you pee on my floor! Right? Okay, mama, okay. Right? Or the kid is about to put their hand on that hot stove. Right? Are you going to just say, please don't do that. That's not a good thing to do. You might get hurt. No, what are you going to do? What are we going to do, mamas? Shout! <coughs> Don't touch that, because you know that you have to get their attention. You know that we have to get the enemy's attention, and you know that those walls will come tumbling down, and we'll see that God wins every time. 
I think a couple of weeks ago I talked about this. It, it warrants again to, to say it again. But our son, uh, he was 16 years old at the time. And about two miles from our house, we lived in Topeka. They had a, we called it a girly joint. You know what I mean? It was at the end of that, that uh, two miles. Not far from our home. Maybe it was even less than two miles, probably. They called it the outer limits. <laughs> anyway, so we were at, it was, it was near our home. And it bothered him so much. Because, I mean, he went to every crusade with us from a young guy. Actually, he was our praise and worship leader for crusades at 16 by then. And uh, it bothered him so much. So he had heard me talk. He heard me preach for many, many years. And so what he did is he drove his car up into the parking lot during the day. And he goes, he's thinking, I'm going to shout, but I'm going to do it with my horn. And so what he did, and I didn't know he'd been praying already previously to this. We didn't know any of this was happening in his mind. Didn't even know he was having this plan with the Lord. Goes up into the parking lot and honks seven times. Honk! Honk! Honk, honk seven times. And he says, I command it to come down in Jesus' name. Right? Then it was the next day, Stan. It was shortly after that, right? It was shortly after that. I think it was the next day, maybe even a couple of days later, not much longer than that. On the news it says, the outer limits, that girly joint, has burned to the ground. <laughs> and Billy's like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, and I said, what are you talking about? I said, did you start the fire? <laughs> okay, I didn't say that. But he's like, he goes, Mom, this is what I did. I mean, I'm just doing what you taught us to do. I said, you know what? I said, nobody was killed. Nobody got hurt. But that, you know, they came tumbling down. It's ashes now in Jesus' name. He did that prophetic act, didn't he? He knew it should. But then when it really happened, it's like, what? And that's what we do. When it really comes tumbling down, we're like, oh, I knew it could. I knew it would, but I didn't know it really would. And it did. What needs to come falling down? What? Now, Gideon, this means is a masculine name given, a surname, which is Hebrew. It translates to feller or hewer, which means a great warrior. Are you a great warrior? You say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon means you're a great warrior. <coughs> I'm a great warrior. <coughs> I'm a great warrior. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord his, the, what the enemy's plans are so I can conquer. I can cause confusion in the enemy's camp because I'm not going to let it win. Same thing with you. You're a warrior, especially when you gather those with you, right? You're going to win. And then you get all the spoils, all the goodies to come back to you. It says it can also be interpreted as one who has a stump in place of a hand or one who cuts down. He was tearing down the strongholds. What are you doing? Are you tearing down the strongholds? Are you just letting the enemy have fun in your life, tearing you down? It's time to rise up. I told you I wasn't going to give you any revelation today. I just needed to give you reminders today. You needed reminders, yeah? Yeah, I need reminders. I need reminders of what this is all about. Now, Gideon, he was the least in his family, the Bible says. 
He was also threshing grain in secret so that the wheat would not be stolen by the enemy. And then an angel appeared again and told him, you are to be the deliverer of your people. Like, what? Little me? You don't understand. I'm the least in my family. God pulls up those that are the least in the family to do the great and mighty things. Amen? Brothers got mad at him, but God saw a deliverer. Saw God saw someone that would be bold and courageous and would do the will of the Father, that would listen to him. Are you listening? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Am I listening? So he received the plan from the Lord, but the Lord did all the work. He just was obedient to take the steps. How about you? Well, that sounds really crazy. I don't know if I should do that, Lord. You want me to walk around my neighborhood seven times? Are you kidding me? You want me to carry a stick with me? Are you kidding me? They're going to say that I'm kind of weird? I mean, there's different things that he might ask you to do that seem really off the wall, right? But what are you going to do? Are we going to do what God says? Yeah, I hope so. And Judges 7.21 says, And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the 300 at that moment, they blew their trumpets, and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. And the hosts fled to Beth Shita in Zerath, and to the border of Abelmeloah. I broke it up so I could say it better. Abelmeloah. Abel. That didn't work. Abel Mahola. Abel Mahola. Which means, because I had to look up the meaning, the meadow of the dance. So they not only after they see that the host, that the enemy's host had to leave, right? They fled. They were confusion there. They praise and worship God. That's what it was set to be for, to praise and worship the God. So whatever that that wall that you're up against, it's really set to praise God. Everything, 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 the trees in the field will what? Clap their hands. Everything is to praise and worship our God. Everything. Well, I have this bill. Praise and worship him. Shout to it in the name of Jesus. Shout to your electric bill. Shout to it. You're paid in Jesus' name. Amen? So victory took place where it means rejoicing. Now David shouts, Rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous, for praise is company for the upright. David shouts. David was an overcomer. You're an overcomer. I want to remind you, you're an overcomer. We should all have smiles on our face. We should all be rejoicing. We should be such a great uh, testimony for Jesus that people want to be who we are. They want to be around us. They want to feel your strength instead of you walking with your head down with a frown on your face. Stand upright. It says you're supposed to stand upright, right? We are righteous. We are upright. So stand upright. Smile. Let you be a good testimony for the Lord. 
What is your witness today? Doom and gloom, and I'm, I'm sad, and I'm upset, and you murmur, and you complain. Who wants to be around that? Nobody. Are you happy? I mean, are people happy when they're around you? Yes, yeah, Dan, are people happy when they're around you? <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking to you. One time Stan goes, said to me, he says, why are you so grumpy? Because I just don't feel like being happy right now. Okay. Now, I wanted him to, like, come over and hug me. <coughs> Probably say, I'm so sorry, Leslie. Forgive me for what I did. Because, obviously, you're not happy right now. So, therefore, I need to make you happy. What can I buy you today to make you happy? <laughs> but he said, he goes, a person is only as happy as they decide they're going to be happy. I was like, ugh, Abraham Lincoln. I'm like, ugh, that means I have to decide for myself I'm going to be happy. Great. You see, we can't be happy because somebody else is making us happy. I heard it over there. I can hear it over here. Right? Well, that sounded like real weak. Amen. Maybe we need to practice again. Amen. I'm so happy. Amen. Amen. Okay. And you do it with a smile on your heart and your, and your lips, right? You're this, it's not a frown. It's upright here, right? So if you're an overcomer, you're not going to walk around with your head down. You're going to stand upright. People are going to want to come over to you. They're going to want what you have. And that's our opportunity. To talk about Jesus. Are there trials that are pushing at you? Are you allowing your mind to go worry and fret? Oh. Yeah. We do that. Right? I mean, you know, someone asked me the other day, said, you know, when the enemy comes in against you in the ministry, what do you do? We go, well, just the devil again. And we go on. No, we. We don't fret about it. God's going to take care of it. I've seen it too many times. Why worry? Why fret? And also I know if I'm not getting attacked by the enemy, I'm not doing enough for Jesus. Get thee behind me, Satan. Flee. Go. Chew along. Shout. <laughs> Go! <laughs> right? Are y'all getting this? Do I have to shout to wake some people up? No, I think everybody's awake. We're good. Okay, we're good. Okay. So there's trials that are pushing at you. You're, maybe your mind is going to worry and fret. <coughs> are you thinking about the worst scenario <coughs> that could happen? This is where I like Dale Carnegie. He goes, he, I don't know, I won't say it as good as you, but it's like, think about what's the worst thing that could happen. Accept it and improve it. Did I do pretty good? All right. So, in other words, think about what's the worst thing that could happen. Accept it and reprove it. Improve it. And that's where we are in our lives. Okay, this is the worst thing that could happen. I could die. Okay, I accept that. But I'll be with my Lord forever. Is he going to threaten you with death? 
Nope. So are you allowing fear in your mind? You know, I say be a king like the jungle, that lion. You know that. Psalms 9, 10 says, And they that know my na- thy name will put their trust in thee. You know the name of the Lord in here. Because we don't get very many that come in that don't know the name of the Lord. We need more coming in. We need to get people saved in here. But those online too, you know the Lord. You know his name. You know Jesus is the name above all names. Not even Yeshua. I'm telling you, Jesus. Everybody say, Jesus Jesus. is the name above all names. names. I mean, you talk to deliverance ministers. Bill Schnebelin is one of them that I really respect. He goes, you know, he goes, I I could not use any of those other uh, Bible versions. The devils would laugh at me. They wouldn't come out. He goes, as soon as I used that King James, and I said, in the name of Jesus, that devil has to come out. They can't stay because Jesus is the name above all names. Amen? And the devils know. They know the word better than you. So get in your word. Learn it. So put your trust in him. Oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. See, there's things that we can pray, right? We can tear down those walls. We can take the word of the Lord, speak that word of the Lord to whatever that wall is. <coughs> in Matthew six twenty five says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat. You had it this morning, didn't you, Danny? Or what you shall eat, nor yet for your body, which you should put it on, is not the life more than meat and the body than the, than the body than the raiment. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And then for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He already knows. He already knows. But seek what? Ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Today is where you're at right now. Don't think about tomorrow unless you're thinking about victory. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Shout out for peace to come. In other words, if you are in warfare, you get to the point where shouting it out for that peace. And once you get the peace, stop the fight. Let me say it again. Once you get the peace, stop the fight. There was a question yesterday. How long do you keep the warfare going that's open in the heavens? I said, you don't leave it open very long. You don't leave the warring angels just doing warfare while you go about your daily business. Because guess what? Havoc comes back on you here on this earth and to your family. Trust me, I know. Henry Groover, I was uh, really into spiritual warfare, strong intercessor, and uh, it just so happened he was coming to visit when we were living in Omaha to go speaking on a speaking tour, but Stan wasn't, he was busy putting a class together or something. So I, I had to pick up Henry Groover. Praise God, God arranged it. A mighty warrior, mighty warrior, mighty servant of God. A man I really trust, and I trust on what he has said and what he has taught me. 
And so I sat down at the kitchen table and I began to just talk to him about prayer and and how I said, I even said to him, I said, I'm ready to give up, man. The more I send out those warring angels, the more warfare I do, the more havoc's coming on me, the more havoc's coming on our finances, the more havoc's coming on my children, they're getting sick. I mean, the more havoc with Stan and I arguing, everything is just like, ah! it's like falling apart. I said, what do you do? I said, I'm ready to give up. I was just honest with him. Ready to give up. He goes, Leslie, do not leave the warring angels fighting. There's a certain time and place for that. And you better know that the Lord really told you to call the warring angels because they're at a different level than the other angels that are fighting on your behalf. Because what they're doing in the spirit realm is going to come back on you. Can't help it. Can't help it. It just does. So you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared to fight that in the natural of what's going on in the spirit. Does that make sense to you? So we get so self-righteous sometimes. We think, oh, I'll just leave it open for the heavens, for the warring angels, just go about doing the business, just go about doing the fighting, and I'm just going to go about my daily lives. And uh, no, you have to, sometimes you have to just stop it. I told him yesterday in my training class, I said, you just stop it. Now, the angels are going to go ahead and continue to work, but the war you have, I mean, our, our physical body can't handle it. We can't handle it. And for sure, when you're first starting out, you can't just be so prideful thinking, I'm just going to send them out and do that work. I hope I'm speaking some sense to some people this morning. Amen? Amen? Now, Leslie, we're supposed to do war. Yeah, but it depends on how you're, what you're calling and what you're doing and what kind of warfare you're doing. And there's times you just have to stop and have the peace of God come upon you. And then take it back up after you fasted, after you prayed, after you have those that are praying with you, after you have a, a plan of the enemy. So you plan the plans of, of God to attack the enemy. Right? So you would shout out for that peace to come. And once that peace comes, you go on. In other words, you don't pick it up again. You go on. Trade out stress for peace. And I like what Smith Wigglesworth says, real faith has perfect peace and joy in a shout at any time. It always sees the victory. So real faith, are you a person of real faith, has perfect peace and joy and a shout at any time. It always sees the victory. First Chronicles 11, 9 says, So David waxed greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. The Lord of hosts. Who's the Lord of hosts? Jesus. And the hosts are who? His heavenly angels. And he has them with us. He has them with them. He has them with us. For the God of Jacob is our refuge. The Lord is host with us. He's our refuge. <coughs> now say this with me boldly. Ready? I will trust in you because I have overcome. That was pretty weak. I know that we were just reading it. So let's try again. I will trust in you. Because I have overcome. I am a child of God. God is my strength. I'm going to rise up out of whatever you're in. Now, in Psalms 40, verse 1, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he climbed into me and heard my cry. He set my feet upon the rock. So what are the walls? What's blocking your path? Can I just scurry around them? 
Can I plow right through them? Sure can. But you have to know what you're up against. Right? You have to know and spend time with the Lord. You have to fast. You have to pray. Whatever you need to do to find out how to get around that that's blocking me. The shout is a shout of victory prior to the fall. Once that shout comes, you're going to see the fall. Isn't that good news? Hallelujah. The shout is knowing. You already have to know you're going to overcome. And the shout is faith. You're going to believe it before you see it. Now, I don't want you to misuse the word shout or misuse shout. Uh, so, cause there's sometimes that people do. So you got to examine your heart. What is it really that you're about to shout? <coughs> you know, are you shouting because you're angry? Angry at the Lord? Just angry at the enemy? Yeah, that Goliath in your house, the husband? <laughs> I could tease like that because... We don't do that. Don't misuse the shout. Don't do it just to show your authority. You know, examine your heart. What's there? Do not shout just because you feel like it. It's like that shofar. You don't just do it because you feel like it. It's a weapon. Your voice is a weapon. The shout is a weapon. And don't shout because you're angry, and you don't shout to God to get attention. Now, the shout is to what? Tear down the strongholds. It's a weapon, but it needs to include prayer and fasting prior to the shout. And then you can march, you can dance, whatever you're going to do. Sometimes we're going to say, amen, amen, amen. Sometimes we're going to go, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes we have to give ourselves a pep talk. Sometimes we have to be that cheerleader in our bathroom in the morning looking in the mirror and go, rah, rah, ring, kick him in the knee, right? Right? I can do this. Hallelujah. 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 And then oppression has to go. Anybody else do that kind of stuff? <laughs> oh, goodness. There's other scriptures about shouting to the Lord, shout for joy. Psalms 511, Psalms 3211, Psalms 132.9. All of us to shout for joy, shout for joy, shout for joy. Because that oppression has to go. So you shout for the victory, you shout for joy, you shout for the coming of the Lord, and you shout with anticipation because you know it's going to be done. We know that walking with God is not always easy. <coughs> Don't look back, but overcome. Keep on plowing, right? Keep going around those obstacles. Just plow right on through. There's always battles, and don't quit. Now I'm going to get to this video. Because you all are supposed to finish the race, right? You're supposed to wait upon the Lord, renew your strength. Sometimes that means helping others along with you, right? Sometimes it's uh, running that race all by yourself, but knowing that you're going to finish that race. Cross that line. You know, when you see that banner and your eyes are focused on it and you're going to plow right through it, I'm never the first one, so I can't do that. 
I mean, when I was a kid, yeah. But wouldn't that be great? You see it, right? Wouldn't that feel so good to be the first one? Yeah, to win the race, (laughs) tear the ribbon. That'd be so awesome. Watch this with me. Forgot to tell you, you'll start crying. Gave up the wind to help somebody else. Determination.
And that's us, Spirit of Prophecy Church. There's, a, there's others that want to finish that race. They're going to be crippled. They're going to be crawling. They're going to be sick. They aren't going to be able to walk. They can only crawl. That's where you need to stand upright. That's where you need to say, Lord, I'm determined I will finish the race and I will gather those around me and help them finish the race. Amen? Does that make anybody cry? God will call us away from the things we used to enjoy to see what is in our hearts. If we're accustomed to a certain way of life, like Lot's wife, it becomes impossible for her to see the life outside her culture, her friends, etc. We do not enjoy uncertainty, do we? We don't enjoy being vulnerable. We do not enjoy wondering how things are going to be turning out. But God is saying it doesn't matter what tomorrow is. Keep your eyes focused on the prize. Keep your eyes focused on winning that race. Be committed. Shout with joy. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Let's sing this song, Jericho. We're going to tear down some walls. Whatever the wall is that's keeping an obstacle in your face, an obstacle in your path, this is a song to tear it down. This is a song to shout it out with joy. Check your heart. Make sure it's right with God right now. Make sure it's right with the Lord. And for those of you that are watching online, if there's any that have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, say, Jesus, come into my heart right now. You're my God, my Savior, my King. I repent from all my past, and I'll not go back the other way. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on the high calling, the high prize, which is Jesus. Eternity. Eternity with the Lord. Get our hearts right with God right now. Set aside every heavy weight. And began to praise him, to worship him, and shout out with joy. Everybody say, I shout out with joy. joy. In Jesus' name. (laughs) If some of you feel like you just need to walk around, that's fine. If some of you feel like you need to get a praise shield, that's fine. But we just want you to just worship the Lord right now. I've been stacking up the years I spent trading punches with the enemy. Ooh, built myself a double thick stone tower that was higher than the eye can see. Trapped in my flesh and love, crying out to you, Lord, I'm desperate. Lord, came out of this cage and set me free. All of my fears, I tear the walls, gotta come down. Turns to ruin when your love moves in all of my fears. Jericho walls gotta come down, come down, come down. Truth was crashing through the pride and the blame, cutting straight to the heart of me. Long before I ever called your name, you were fighting for my victory. Carved in my flesh and bone, the wounds that have set my soul is forgiven. 
Oh, now I can feel the darkness trembling. All of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down. All of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down. My prison turns to ruin when your love moves in. All of my fears, like Jericho walls, gotta come down, come down, come down. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You can join us. Oh, we praise your holy name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Rebuild me from the ground up. All I wanna see is you. Terrify the lies with truth. All of my fears, like come on, Jericho walls gotta come down, come down. All my fears, like Jericho walls gotta come down, come down. My prison turns to ruin when your love moves in. All of my fears, like Jericho walls gotta come down. Praise you, Jesus. Everybody give a shout out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Shout out his name. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. Hallelujah. And I hope you did it with joy in your heart. Praise you, Jesus. You may be seated. Finish up now. Hallelujah. Let me see your faces. Praise the Lord. Some of you are still crying from the video before. Some of you got a victory today. Who got a victory today? Praise Jesus. Got to tear them down. But it's up to you. It's not up to me. It's up to you to tear them down. Tear them down. Move those obstacles out of the way. You fast, you pray for those loved ones that have not accepted Jesus as their Savior. Move those obstacles out of the way in Jesus' name. You speak it. You shout it out. And you have conviction, right? You do it with power. Power and might. Because Jesus is the name. Jesus is the name. If you'd like to become a ministry member, you could do so. Those of you online, send that in. Also, for those of you that are here, you can join us. You know, you can partake in what God is doing, even with the missions, because you're partaking of the Spirit of Prophecy Church. I encourage you to share this with all of your friends, this teaching that was going on today. Click on like and share and subscribe. There's a little bell there you can sign up to give you notifications when there's a new teaching that takes place. You can also donate by clicking on the link below. You can also, if you have a question... But more importantly, if you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we want to hear from you. You can do this by contact at spiritprophecychurch.com and let us know. God bless each one of you. Thank you for coming.